Welcome, guys, to episode 29 of Heidi and Huria's dissertation on Turkish pop culture. I am Huria. I am Heidi. And welcome to another week. Heidi, what is our episode called this week? Today's episode is called Heidi Anla and Huria Sayan. I, 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 I. <laughs> Günaydın, canlarım. Kokulu öpücükler hepinize. Isn't that what she used to say? Yeah, and start the dance track so you can oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> start dancing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we have probably all been, if, we, if we've grown up in a Turkish household or if we are aware of the, the morning shows um, in Turkey, we would have been um, privy to the fact that there are a lot of shows that are time fillers um, and are like, in my view, they're quite not mind numbing, but our mothers used to nevertheless force us to watch these shows and, and they continue fathers. to watch them. Oh, yes, and sometimes fa- fathers are getting into it too. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Um, so at the end of this episode... Uh, you will have an understanding of what sort of gündüz kusha, we're going to say like daytime television there is in Turkey and the psychology behind specific programs that are actually on air currently and, and in the past. And we will also start, take deep dives into a couple of those and dissect them. Um, so... Without going on any further, I want to first go in to the first program that you want to talk about, Heidi. Which one are you going to talk about? Uh, I'm going to talk about uh, Turkey's uh, answer to Sherlock Holmes, who is uh, Miga Anla. <laughs> yeah. Does so. she have a oh, – okay, confession. Apart from the – million and one memes that she's a queen of on social media i don't think i have watched one episode from start to end of muge anla <laughs> i i totally confess uh, but i i must admit like she's a killer with that hairstyle of hers which yeah. obviously is not part of this it topic, reminds but. me of all my like um arnold relatives that like <laughs> platinum blonde <laughs> A very totally unrelated thing. She announced this week, I think, that she's getting married. And then there was all these memes of how her hair is going to look at her wedding (laughs) day. Yeah, well, she uses a lot of hairspray. Oh, God. She's this- the, she keeps that hairspray business in actual business, I, I would say. Yeah. Mm, yeah, number one, number one user. Uh, so for those of you who do not know, uh, Mika Anla is a uh, journalist and TV presenter. So she started uh, doing a show in 2006 and it ran through to 2008 uh, called Dobra Dobra, where she was one of two co-hosts. And it was more like a magazine news, uh, like kind of like ET online type show where they talked more about celebrities and and things like that but from 2008 onwards uh she is the host of tatlasat 
which is a TV show that, um, like I said, <laughs> is a bit like Sherlock Holmes where it goes through mm-hmm. crimes and missing people and um, she'll interview people and try and find uh, who the killer is or where someone ran away to and things like that. So there's a lot going on in that show. Um, and she actually solves some stuff as well, doesn't she? Yeah, she's solved yeah. Uh, quite a few things, yeah. which yeah. I don't know what that says about, um, the I guess, police the police force. And well, she's apparently <laughs> marrying a, a police mudro or something like that. So, Oh, my gosh, she's going to open up her own bureau. <laughs> <laughs> she wants a new um she wants the police force personally for herself to to hunt de- down these people. Oh wow. So when go. did this program start? Sorry, I missed that. 2008. 2008 and it's still going. Yeah, it's still going in yeah. its current format. So she's probably solved, you know, uh, lots and lots of crimes in that time. And uh you you'll touch on it. Anyway, but you know, there are some benefits to that because it brings things to the forefront of viewers' minds. But also, you know, the drawbacks of that is how much should uh, a TV personality be involved in uh, live, you know, crimes? (laughs) These are not just cold cases and things like that. Um, How much impact should that have? Um, yeah. both from, like, viewers' standpoint and, you know, um, interference with the current legal proceedings. That's correct. So I was, whilst I was researching about, um, you know, daytime television in, in Turkey, mm-hmm. I came across this um, article by Sevda Karaja, um, mm-hmm. written um, on the 27th of August 2021, so last year. So she makes a very good point um, in this article. So she she says that, you know, although with, you know, very um, good intentions, these programs like Muge Anla and, well, since Muge Anla, there's been so many of these, you know, Sherlock Holmes style trying to find, um, you know, killers and and all that sort of stuff um but with all the good intention they have they also show uh violence against women and children as something that is very marginalized and it's not so how she explains it is the people that they put on their shows are specifically picked so think of Think of any reality TV, right? Like whether it's, you know, Love Island or, you know, Bachelor, Bachelorette or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. They, the people are interviewed and people that are going to bring rating are actually plastered on those on those televisions um Mm -hmm. and if you think of you know even the in the examples of jerry springer and you know the daytime television of the american shows or even us um when we used to you know come uh, you know not go to school or whatever and we would watch tv during the day these are the things that used to be plastered on our tv so it's people that are um you know 
very much marketable and are, are going to be causing tension. So then you have people that are low socioeconomic, low education. Everything is dramatized um, with, you know, the music and the, the zooming in and out, the effects that they use and, you know, kadın çığlıkları, çocuk çığlıkları, haykırışları and, you know, lots of fighting and screaming and all that. So I'm going to read this quote that she writes here. Bu kadar dramatikleşme şiddetin farklı türlerini yaşayan izleyiciler üzerinde Benim yaşadığım bu kad- kadınınki kadar feci değil. Ben daha o noktaya gelmedim. Neyse benimki o kadar da önemli değilmiş gibi bir duygu oluşması riski yaratıyor. Mm. That's like it's so true because ultimately what these programs, the daytime television is aimed at, let's be honest, is people that are either without work during the day at least or have, you know, a low socioeconomic and can't afford to watch streaming television, therefore has to watch these daytime TVs and, you know, be privy to ads as well. So judging from that market, they are very clever in choosing who to put into these daytime televisions. And the danger behind that is the fact that Although they're trying to establish something well with good intentions like Muge Anla, however, the people she puts on there are like totally removed and, and you know, people people assume, oh, you know, these sorts of stuff only happen to these people because they, they're so, you know, loud and rowdy and they do all these things and it's not going to happen to me, you know, like... The, that's the sort mm. of distance that it puts onto people. Um, yeah, what is your view on that? Yeah, I I think so too. It's it's a weird one because, yes, you're right, like it does uh, have good intentions, I think, and it does do good things, but at the same time it does have uh, the dangers <laughs> involved mm. in it as well. And I think... Also, like Muganla, for example, there was like one particular quote, um, and I'm probably going to get this wrong, that she was criticised for when um, she was talking to like a couple of um, the people that were on her show and she was saying something like, and I'll say it in Turkish and then translate it, but she said, or something like that. And mm-hmm. so she was saying, oh, while you were at home, um, you know, eating snacks or whatever, I was going to university. And I think that that comment in itself comes from a huge place of privilege. Not yeah. everyone can go to university. Not everyone has yep. the same upbringing she had because she had a, a good upbringing by all accounts of what I've read. So it's yeah, really hard the, to, that's right. you know. And that's the, that's the danger with these shows is because um often the the hosts are quite removed from those communities so 
firstly, they would never have been raised in those neighbourhoods. They wouldn't be, you know, forced to marry certain people or, you know, experience what they're experiencing. And then it's easy for them to stand there saying, how dare you do this? How can Don't you have a brain? Or, you know, I'm much yeah. more smarter than you. And, and looking at it in that way is a dangerous, dangerous thing because, again, like you're – you're saying this this sort of thing only happens this to these type of people, but it doesn't, you know. Like mm-hmm. if we talk about um, the issue of violence against um, women or, you know, violence against any gender, it doesn't specifically happen to, you know, someone that's not educated, to someone that's, you mm-hmm. know, low socioeconomic. It can happen to everyone. But the shows only pick those type of people because ultimately if you you know if you bring someone that's uneducated and doesn't really know that social etiquette they're going to go on tangents and then they're going to obviously give us all these memes that we you know we have on mm. social media and we laugh at for a moment but realistically like those are the stuff that are selling because people are watching that saying, oh, my God, how how silly is this person or how mm. can they act like this or blah, 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 and that's what sells. You know, that's yeah. the psychology behind all of that. And I wanted to yeah. also mention one particular topic that um, was on Muganla because it was honestly like when I was reading this, it was honestly like a WTF um, moment mm. and I had to draw a mind map basically of like everyone's relationship because I was losing focus as to what was happening. So if you'll indulge me for a second, um, I can talk about that. Uh, So I'm not sure if listeners know about the Palu'ailesi. So um, it's a case that was on uh, Muganla. And basically for you to understand, I'm sorry, I'm laughing. It's actually a real tragedy, but like the difficulty of explaining this story, you'll you'll understand why I'm um, struggling with this. So uh, basically to understand this story, you need to understand the family members involved. And honestly, when I say this, this could be like a Netflix eight-part series, honestly, like eight seasons. <laughs> Um, There's a grandfather who has uh, two daughters, uh, Gulbahar and Havva. Havva is married to Harun Palo. So that's where the name comes in. The two of them have four children. So they have Mariam, Emine, Fatih and Isa. (laughs) The problem starts when their daughter Emine marries uh, a man named Tunjad who basically when he marries into the family, he thinks, oh, you know, how can I be the head of this family? How can I get all the money and inheritance in this family? Like I need to be the head of this family basically. Um, And so he thinks to himself, okay, well, who are my, I guess, biggest enemies, (laughs) right? Um, So the first one is his father-in-law. Harun and his brother-in-law who was married to uh, Mariam, whose name is Ahmed. So I'm already getting. <laughs> so so basically I don't want to go into every single thing because there is so much um, grotesque like details in this and I, 
I, I don't think it's worth um, talking about. Um, but he, so this guy, Tunjad, convinces everyone in this family that he is um, kind of like uh, he knows how to do like and how do I explain that in, in English? Like he knows how to, he's what? otherworldly almost. Yeah, like he, um, what is bu in English? It's, <laughs> I don't know, um, like curse like he can curse people and and things like that and um so he convinces his whole family that he's got these like powers right and um he basically is like okay well I need to get rid of my brother-in-law and stuff first so he tells the whole family that his brother-in-law and his wife like that his um that his brother-in-law's wife Mariam is doing sex work um, because of her husband's pressure and and things like that, and he like he tells the whole family. He's like constantly telling them to the point where um, one of the brothers of the family kills um, Ahmed, the brother-in-law, and he goes to jail. Um, oh, sorry, he doesn't go to jail. The father of the family, Harun Palu, goes to jail on behalf of his son because of this, and then he tells the family that. Um, um, that Mariam was also involved in all of this, that, you know, she's part of the mafia, she's harming her children, things like that, and he convinces the family that she needs to be punished. So he, like, ties her to a tree and um, she starves to death, basically. But at this point the family is so involved in his lies and, and believes every word he's saying that they all um, get together and bury her body and hide her bo- body. And it's only really... um when it comes to like 10 years later that Hava, the mother of the family, goes to Mugalna and all these things start unravelling and I won't go into there are far um, too many like horrible details like involving like kids being killed and, and things like that. So this man does not stop at like just those two people. But, yeah, he keeps telling people he's like a hoja. Um, his wife, Emine, keeps saying, no, my husband's innocent, blah, blah, blah. Everyone's trying to blame him. And all of this kind of unfolds on this daytime TV show, which yeah. is insane. See, that example is even um, very much obvious of what sort of background those people come from. They're not, you know, obviously they're not from a high socioeconomic background, mm. well-educated people that, you know, don't believe in these things they're most likely you know from lower socioeconomic backgrounds and um believe in you know boo and all all that sort of Mm. stuff and uh, it's just i don't know it's just really sad like firstly i know it's really horrible that these things happen in in these communities but at the same time like it shouldn't be up to a daytime television to yeah. program, you know, put this in front of everyone and, you know, and then people are like, oh, you know, these things are out there and then they, they just be, you know, watching it for entertainment purposes. At the end of the day, people have died. You said kids mm-hmm. have died. That shouldn't be about getting dating on television, you know. Um, yeah, that's really convoluted and that's that's a really tra- Oh, yeah, tragic... and I try to simplify it as much as I can, but 
while doing that, I've left out a lot of detail that probably um, helps explain the context, but I, mm. I just don't want to go into it because it's, it's absolutely horrific. And yeah, yeah, it sounds it anyway. It's already um, depressed me. <laughs> um, so very, very sad for that. But moving on from the Muga Anla, uh, is there anything mm-hmm. else that you want to mention about Muganda before we move on? No. So, yeah, we wish her the best in marrying her. Um, <laughs> Congratulations. Comsash. Oh, you know. I don't know if you've ever seen, but you should you should watch a movie, Shenashan Ilya Salman, called. Um, oh, oh, my God. I can't believe I've gone mentally blank. Um, oh, Sheker Pare. It's called Sheker Pare, mm-hmm. and he's a he's a corrupt commissar. So when I was just very much off a tangent, but when I was saying when she marries her commissar, his name is commissar um, uh, Zivash. In that, so <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say when she marries her commissar Zivash. Um, okay, so anyway, <laughs> on that <laughs> little on tangent. So the the next program that you're going to talk about, what is that one? The next program I'm going to talk about is Esther Erol Da. So Esther Erol is a TV presenter uh, and she used to be the host of a, you know, marriage matchmaking show uh, until um, Turkey's Radio and Television Supreme Council basically banned these types of shows in 2017. Uh, so that included a whole range of shows, I believe, including Sedar Sayan's show as well that had a similar format where people what would was, go and... Hmm? What was Sedar Sayan's show during that format? Cholish Mabum Yardan Sordum. Ah, okay, because um, I, I thought she, she just had like Sabah Laren Sultana. But did no, she, she had... A- um, she co-hosted a... Uh, like quote unquote every lick show ah, as well at okay. some point. And mm-hmm. what was the the decision behind banning these shows? Uh the the decision was uh was basically based on the fact that the Rutuk thought um these didn't show good examples of um how people should act and things like that and um I don't know whether I agree or disagree. Like I I feel like everyone can watch whatever they want, but at the same time I understand the merits of uh, stopping shows like that, especially when it comes to like daytime. But, yeah, I don't think um, the format was well received in that okay. sense. Uh, before you get into the other Esraero mm-hmm. show, um I just want to mention that I don't know if you've ever seen the most famous um, dating show, If You Are The One, the, the the Chinese one that was watched by over like 50 million people per episode. Mm, no, I haven't. Um, so that that was aired, I don't even know if it was daytime television, but it was from 2010 to 2019. So it, was, it went for a while mm-hmm. and um, it was – so they used to show it on SBS, so that's how I used to watch it sometimes when it came across. And um, it was like one – all the panel of – I think it was 15 girls, 15 women, and then 
a guy comes but, and then he starts, you know, for the first, and he, they've, they've all got lights and um, as soon as the guy appears from the elevator or whatever and he's mm. walking towards them and they if they switch off their light, that means they're out, they don't like the guy. Oh, okay. And then like so what, you might based have. Based on his shoes or whatever. Based on, <laughs> yeah, oh, my God, it was sometimes simple as that. And then um, what made me really fascinated about this show was the cultural differences. So, mm. for example, um, you know, they would have a little cameo of, of the guy doing his, you know, day-to-day things. And then if the girls, some of the girls that would switch off their lights when they explained what sort of job he was doing or if he was living with his mum or, you know, all this sort of stuff. Oh, like, yeah, and then they yeah, would yeah. start switching. <laughs> So it was All really, of a sudden, yeah. everyone's lights turn I, <laughs> I, I mean, a similar format is um, Married at First Sight. Uh, I'm, I'm, no, okay, I take that back. It's not a similar format. But, you know, we have similar TV shows here that, you know, you think in real life no one would do that. You wouldn't just marry someone, someone's picked for you um, and go on a TV show. But, it, you know, these this type of TV sells. And, yeah, like the 90 yeah. Day Fiance in America, is it? Oh, no, yeah. I watched that. Yeah. <laughs> Let's not make fun of that. <laughs> but, see, I don't even think that's daytime television. Like Married at First Sight and stuff for us, it's after work stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's more, I think, the the thinking behind that is people want like – uh, you know, no-brainer stuff after work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they can wind down. That's the that's the sort of premise behind that. So, since the ban, uh, Esther et al. changed the format of her show, which now searches for missing people, similar to Muganla, uh, solves domestic disputes sometimes. Um, it's funny because she used to marry. <laughs> Sorry, you can see a pattern here yeah like when <laughs> it's like a format tutuyor and then affedersin bokunu çıkarıyorlar by you know doing the same program the same program yeah. again and again there is so many um yeah i just find it funny that her show used to be about her um helping people get married now it's more her helping people get divorced so yeah. <laughs> she joins the <laughs> you know the family for the full circle of things um and sometimes it's circle of life (laughs) circle circle of (laughs) estradol um yeah and sometimes it's more dramatic than jerry springer honestly uh and i wanted to talk about one particular topic um that's you know a bit tragic comedic i would say comedic like uh, yeah if you don't if you don't focus on the fact that these are real lives that we're talking about, it's kind of funny. But, um, again, if you'll indulge me, um, mm. I won't spend too long. But uh, on one of the episodes, a man named Mehmet Duman came on the show to search for his wife of 17 years named Hamide Duman and also to search for his sister-in-law, so his brother's wife, who was also named Hamide Duman. Um, what? Yeah, so it's Mehmet Duman and his brother, whose name I haven't written down, but something Duman, both searching for their two wives named Hamide <laughs> Duman. <laughs> Hamide Lad. Hamide Lad. Uh, and then what happens? 
So it turns out that both sister-in-laws ran away to the same man, um, Peter Jenem's mom, Marai, who they used to work with. So, um, yeah, so they both. Marai, sorry to cut mm-hmm. you. Marai has two Hamides now that are his. Yeah, but it turns out only one of the Hamides or... ran away to him. The other Hamide just ran because. She said that they asked me to go, so I went um, because I was scared that um, my husband would find out. And, I mean, the whole country found out, so <laughs> I don't know. So they both went to this pideja, Um and it's just, I don't know, I just found it funny that, so like, Hamidelar Kachta. So one of the Hamides came back um, from what I read and the other one stayed with Mehmet Tuman. Oh, no, sorry, Mehmet Tuman's the husband. With Mom Merai. Mom Merai. Oh, my God. So one of the brothers got his Hamide back, but the other one didn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, that's just, that's. you. If you were trying to write such a scenario, you wouldn't be able to think of it, yet it happens. <laughs> Yeah, and I saw this, I saved one photo and it was it was trying to show like the relationship between them all and it was like um this is a summary of the situation. So it's got Mehmet Duman and Hamid Duman, every lad, and then it's got Hamid Duman, Yengeset, but it's pointing to another one. And then it's pointing to both Hamides and it says Altilad and then it's got Mahmerai and Hamid Duman Sev Gililad. And then one more arrow that just says, Buhamide Buna Odis in the Kachimush. Oh, can you share that on the our story or something on Instagram? Yeah, I'll share That's it. hilarious. So that is so funny. So um I just want to talk about like some of the I suppose Galmish Ketchmish uh Gundus Kusha programs. Just um, a couple that I want to I want to talk about and tell me if you've watched any. Obviously, you touched on Seda Sayan, so Sabahların um, Sedası or Sabahların Sultanı Seda Sayan. So she had a very long running program, and it was actually a. Um, so during I suppose those program um, formats when Seda Sayan was doing it, and then there was you know Ibosho, but that was more um, during the night. It was more about um, initially. It was more about you know bringing you know Elanje like mm-hmm. you know biriki sanatçı getiriyorlardı, and then they might talk about you know dikishnakush um, or diet or stuff like that, and then it sort of became. Um, sort of, I don't know, a mind of its own. Where she, there was a, there was a time where she had Botox, you know, a couple of times actually, saying, "Oh, it doesn't hurt. It's pretty fine." And you know, like on because, the show, she was getting Botox. On the show, she got Botox, <laughs> and it was yeah, it was really um, yeah, a bit bit radical for the time. But um, so that was a very, very long running one. And then I don't know if you remember Safiya Soyman and Faik Öztürk had a show. Uh, um, I mean, I Safiye know the couple. But... Liv, Faik, Sabahlar, Şenlik, 2006'da. And, um, you know, they're quite 
um, colourful couple, so they used to, you know, bounce off each other and and wear, you know, very matching clothes and things like that. And then Gülben Ergen had Gümbür Gümbür Gülbence from the 90s. Um, mm. And, you know, that went on. She tried that format for a while. And then there was Lerzan Mutlu had... Siz Mutlu, Derza Mutlu on Fox TV. <laughs> it's always like a play on words. I don't know. With I their names. Who, who thinks of these shows? But, yeah, she was like, um, they used to think, oh, you know, the magazine used to say, oh, you know, Seda Sayana Rakip. Um, <laughs> and, you know, they used to try and start fights like that and everything like that and obviously i don't know if you remember kushum aydın and özlem yıldız had aydın havası kad um and it was no, uh, for kadın izleyicileri okay and um even petek dinches had arın balın peteğim um was a <laughs> oh god oh my god <laughs> but by far this is the most ilginç name you know metin şentürk ah uh, yeah and Serai Sever had a Did show they? called Sabahın Körü. Ah, okay. And what time <laughs> and, was it? Like you know, Metin Şentürk <laughs> is, um, you know, legally blind and he likes yeah. to take the piss out of it. But it's very interesting that they decided to name the program oh Sabahın Körü. And even apparently our lovely friend Ismail Yekar had a um, our lovely show friend. With, I yeah, I you can take our lovely Gutchman Gutchman friend. Um, Ismail Yekar, but um, FYI, people, he's not our friend. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and Aisun Kayaja had a show called Shen Shakrak, which didn't oh, okay. last very long. I wonder uh-huh. why it didn't last very long. One of my favorite shows that was a, like Sabahtan Erlene sort of program, and well, obviously because we're because of the time difference, we never really used to be able to watch it Sabah, so we would buy it from the you know Turkish video shop and then watch it at night. Was Ece Erkan had a clip, um, Doksan Sekiz show where she would you know put the latest clips and then mm. she would talk, um, she would read. Back then, you know, fax used to come in, you know, telephone bağlantılar oluyordu from series and then, you know, she'd do little games and things um, like that, which lasted yeah. a very, very um, long time. And it was just, it was just a fun thing to watch where you'd get, you know, some information about the background of, of film clip mm. being um, filmed and and the latest songs and stuff, um, which was really yeah, really good. But, you know, though that's not an exhaustive list. Like there's so many programs and, and shows that, you know, that have um, come and gone. But um, it seems that now the the biggest selling point is this whole Sherlock Holmes business that's happening, mm. you know, There are a lot of crimes that need to be solved. A lot solved. of crimes. I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, I was just going to say Eja Arkan show should have been called Eja Arkan Dan Sistanda. Like, I'm surprised she didn't do anything with that. <laughs> they didn't, yeah. They, maybe they didn't think about it back then. Um, no, um, but, I yeah, agree. No, though, I mean, yeah. there's, been, there's been good, you know, wholesome daytime shows and morning shows and then there's been, you know, stuff that are just 
try you know if one format sells that more of it like like Mugalmas, for example, you know, they're, they're pumping more of mm. it out um, to be able to market it to the audience. So overall, I think this is an ever-changing space um, in terms of what does it say about, you know, the cult, you know, pop culture or whatever that's currently circulating in this space. I would say that, you know, along with a whole lot of other stuff that, you know, crime is selling on Netflix. You know, a lot of those serial killer shows are true crime stuff. Um, you know, even the the whole you know um, Tinder swindler. You know, all the mm. all this sort of stuff that's extremely popular. Um, I think the you know Turkish people have taken that onto another level, like they do with everything else, <laughs> and they have um, really, I don't know. <sighs> marketed it to a certain specific audience that they believe watch this particular time slot and um, on top of that although the best intentions of trying to find Hamidiye or whatever the lady's name was best intentions (laughs) of trying to find these people's wives or husbands (laughs) Hamidiye or you know whatever they are actually in a way, in my opinion, and this is totally my opinion, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, everyone's free to have their own opinion. I think they, they really belittle the people whilst doing this. So, mm. you know, they, they, they say, oh, you know, that's because you were, you're uneducated. Even that, you know, um, and I was at university. Yeah. There's even like, like a meme where she's like, Sinin kojunu nevi yok ki, evi yok. Have you seen yeah. that one? Yeah, <laughs> and they I've make seen fun that. of it. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, it's just, I don't think, you know, anyone should be belittled, let mm-hmm. alone in front of so many millions of people on, you know, television. And you might think, then why are they putting themselves out there? Sometimes people are unaware that they are having these repercussions. It's just like, you know, um, you know, all these people that are tweeting or, you know, updating statuses on Facebook mm-hmm. and saying things that they're like, well, I'm just putting this as a, you know, because I'm angry, I'm just going to put this up here or because I'm pissed off, I'm going to put this up here. But then they don't think of the repercussions and that could easily be the case for those people that are coming up. And I'm not saying, you know, you know, it's not good what they're doing. I'm, I'm glad that, yeah. you know, crime is being sorted in, in some platforms. But realistically, shouldn't that be the job of the police? Shouldn't mm-hmm. that be the, the job of the policymakers and the government that should be implementing ways to stop these things from happening, you know, to stop violence against women and other genders and kids and, you know, all this stuff? Shouldn't yeah. that be the, the ultimate goal? of it why is it up to Miguel Estra at all to play Sherlock Holmes and yeah. and you know hold people accountable it's just like um I don't know if you remember Fatma Girik Rahmet the Fatma Girik used to have a show from 1993 to 96 I think called Söz and that wasn't mm-hmm. a daytime television but that was a nighttime television and it, again like she had the best intentions of 
trying to sol- solve crime, but she used to spit on people's faces. She used to hit people with her microphone, like on oh their my heads. Gosh. And yeah, it was just like um, it came to a very and and had that happened now, she would have been a queen of memes online, no doubt. Oh, yeah, definitely. But that is not the way. Like that's not way to sort through crime or to stop mm-hmm. crimes from occurring. It, you know, that's why we have a form of government. That's why, you know, these people are elected to, to make sure that these things do not happen. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, all governments are going to be, you know, perfect and they're going to solve all types of crime. No, but it isn't, it shouldn't be up to the, Muganas of this world to be out there or, you know, Fatmagiriks of this world to be spitting on people to, to say, you don't do this, this is not what you do and I'm going to, you know, put you in jail or I'm going to find your daughter or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. You know, that's – anyway, that's my mm. ranting and that's my evaluation of the whole thing. But I want to hear what you have to say, Heidi. Uh, I, I agree. I think – like I said, there is merit in bringing these things to the attention of people, but I think the more and more it comes up, the more we tend to, as a society, normalise things and become less empathetic about things. You know, um, a perfect example is COVID, for example. Like remember when we were first reading about it and they'd be like, oh, the first case in Australia um, the first death in Australia, and we'd we'd be like, oh my god, oh my gosh, like this is horrible, it's horrendous. And then people slowly, slowly start to lose that um, worry, and that threat kind of dwindles a bit. So now, if I were like to ask anyone what the numbers were today, like nine out of ten people wouldn't know, or nine out of ten people wouldn't know how many deaths occurred because of COVID. And I think. That's my main concern. Like if you're constantly seeing um, these domestic violence issues, these murders, these things, I yeah, I worry that it kind of seems normalised and so you're not feeling a certain way until a crime gets um, extremely gory or extremely um, heinous or evil and so you're almost like as a TV presenter having to find the next big, you know, crime and, you know, keep making it yeah. um, more fanciful and more outrageous. I think that's my main takeaway. Yeah, it, 100%. Yeah, I agree with that too. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, like, we want everyone to live in a society that is free of violence and, you know, mm-hmm. people should be able to, to, to go about their business without being, uh, you know, fearful of being hurt or whatever. But exactly what you said is um, the same thing as this article that I quoted Sevda Karaja from is mm-hmm. saying. So basically you're normalising a lot of this behaviour because you're seeing so much of mm-hmm. it and it becomes a distant thing. So like the COVID example, it's just like, oh, yeah, that's another that's another person that died from COVID or that's another person that's got COVID. Um, 
in in this case it's like oh it's another missing person or it's Mm -hmm. another um, domestic violence situation whereas you know those things are not normal and those things Mm -hmm. should not be normalized Um, and you know I think there will be again just just as if we can you know if you look at the last 20 years of daytime television in Turkey and the shifts that have happened Needless to say, the ships are going to happen again. So there's mm-hmm. going to come a point where, you know, maybe these shows are going to piss off Rutuk or something's going to happen. And, you know, again, another another strain of a show is going to pop out and it's going to be like, oh, <laughs> Omicron. You know. Omicron. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> But it's going to be like, oh, yeah. okay, bu format tutuldu. Tamam. Mm. Onu, onu uygulayalım, and then it's just going to be that format again. Yeah. So yeah. we um, haven't mentioned it, but for example, like these uh, dining t- television shows are really popular at the moment as well. Um, oh, where yeah, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like a come dine with me, but Turkish yeah. version. Is that the one? Is that the one that they go into the houses and then say, "Oh, I don't like the color of your walls," yeah. and. <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, so that's been, <laughs> I know that's that's so funny. Those, yeah, again, um, those obviously they're specifically chosen the people that they pick on on those shows because they, you know, they're mm-hmm. not going to pick pick someone like you and I. Let's be honest, because we're not going to be starting, you know, um, how do you know? You I'm know, starting start fights. <laughs> <laughs> starting dramas, you know, with other people. You're not going to come into my house and say, or something like that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's stuff like that that happened too, which I used to really love. Um, what was that chef, the, the guy that used to cook? Oh, I think he was on Tegerete. Oh, my God, I'm gone blank. But um, I still love his cooking show, for example. So if there is a choice between a cooking show and Muganla, I would choose the cooking show any day. <laughs> That's my personal opinion. So um, any last words from you, Heidi? No, no last words from me. Heidi, mm. you have a last word and you don't. I'm just going to say that I would be interested. Obviously, we did not talk about an exhaustive list of um, daytime television in Turkey. I would be extremely, um, you know, curious to find out what sort of daytime television did you grow up watching or are you currently watching? Are you watching or did, now, yeah. Yeah, or your parents watched or, you know, or are watching now. And um, just, yeah, we can start. Uh, maybe uh, you know a poll or something on um, Instagram, and then try and determine what's what's most popular. Mm. And um, leading down, I actually want to do another show on this because, yeah, like I said, it's not just about the fighting crime ones. There's other very interesting um, daytime television and the culture surrounding all of that that would be really exciting to talk about definitely so um yeah reach us to us reach out to us and um without you know going on and on because i like to do that haftaya görüşürüz görüşürüz <laughs>